Hi, this is Scott Valentine, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hey, are you ready to delve into the world of music, TV, movies? We've got it all. It's right here on On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 676 of On Screen and Beyond. And I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. And this is the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is none other than Scott Valentine. Now, you remember Scott from Family Ties. He played the role of Nick. He was also in Black Scorpion. He was a voice of the Phantom on Phantom 2040. And now he is involved with a new streaming service called Red Coral Universe. And we're going to find out all about that and a whole lot more. A lot of fun coming up with Scott Valentine right here on On Screen and Beyond. And once again, we have the contest going on for On Screen and Beyond crossword puzzle. And you can win yourself an On Screen and Beyond embroidered hat. Really nice looking thing. Or you could get yourself a uh, coffee mug if you want. And uh, whichever way you want to do it. But all you got to do is to go to onscreenandbeyond.com and go to our website's front page. It's right there when it pops up. And you scroll down right there with the person who's this week's guest. We have all the information, all the rules, all the uh, click the button. You can download a PDF and uh, you can go through the you know routine of printing it out and filling it in, take a picture of it, and then just send it back to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Or you can turn around and just uh, answer the questions as they fit into the crossword puzzle. And you can send that to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and just a couple of ways you can do it. So that's going to go through April, so be sure to check that out. All the information is at onscreenandbeyond.com. So uh, check that out. Have a good time, a lot of fun, and we even give you all the answers simply by going to a certain episode of On Screen and Beyond with our guest and they well, you know, right there, it's it, the questions are about what they said on on screen and beyond. So uh, just to have a lot of fun with that. So check it out at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we have different people uh, and, and information coming your way today about new movies and stuff. So uh, we, uh, you know. Uh, should get into that because there's a lot of interesting stuff. I hope you've been having a great week in between all the episodes of On Screen and Beyond. And tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond by uh, you know letting them know that there are all these people, over 675 different episodes, 676 actually, uh, with this week's episode. And uh, just amazing people that uh, they've grown up with or uh, maybe they're looking back at uh, people they did not know, uh, depending on your age. And uh, like I say, uh, we have stuff about new movies coming out. We have stuff about old movies that people love and musicians and TV shows and everything. 
go to onscreenandbeyond.com or on your favorite podcast provider. You can go to onscreen and beyond and you can find all the episodes just sitting there all the way back to number one, <laughs> way back, you know, so many years ago, 17 years ago, and uh, amazing guests telling uh, their stories right from their mouths. So uh, it's always interesting to hear that. Well, why don't we get into it? It's time for remake sequels and prequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Remake sequels and prequels. Chris Rock will direct a remake of 2020's Another Round. Now, this film uh, won an Oscar for Best International Film Feature. So, uh, feature film, rather. And uh, you can uh, expect Chris Rock to do something with that. And Will Ferrell and Sofia Vergara will play the villain and his girlfriend in Despicable Me 4. And a Bob the Builder movie is in the works with Jennifer Lopez production company involved. And Zombies 4 is in the works for the Disney Channel. That's it for remake sequels and prequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, August 16th, Netflix will show The Union with Mark Wahlberg and Halle Berry. And Jennifer Lopez, once again, will star in Atlas this summer as a data analyst goes after AI. And Jamie Foxx and Cameron Diaz will star in Back in Action on Netflix as two former spies are dragged back into service. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's movies on TV and DVD and streaming. Movies and TV on DVD and streaming, it looks like the Ancient Aliens Season 11 through 18 as a package lands on DVD on March 5th and March 26th, When Evil Lurks arrives on DVD. Freelance with John Senna will be coming to DVD on March 12th. And The Holdovers with Paul Giamatti is going to be coming to DVD, Blu-ray, on July 1st. And The Exorcist Believer spins on to DVD on July 1st also. And that's it for movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. Hi, I'm A. Martinez from Longmire. And I'm on On Screen and Beyond. TV and Entertainment Time, a TV series redoing the famous Alfred Hitchcock film Rear Window is underway at Universal. And Luke Hemsworth has joined the cast of Prime Video's prequel series, The Terminalist, Dark Wolf. And the second installment of Ryan Murphy's Monster series will be Monsters, the Lyle and Eric Menendez story. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to be sitting down with Scott Valentine. Of course, he was Nick on Family Ties. He was in The Black Scorpion and a whole bunch of other stuff. And he is now part of one of the leaders of Red Coral Universe streaming service. We're going to get all that information coming up next with Scott Valentine right here on On Screen and Beyond. (laughs) 
Taking us on screen and beyond today is an actor who has played many roles over the years, including as Detective Steve Rafferty on Black Scorpion in 2001, as the Phantom in the 90s in the animated Phantom 2040. But he is most known for his role as Nick Moore in the 80s, Family Ties. He currently is one of the creators of the new streaming platform called Red Coral Universe. It's Scott Valentine. Scott, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Well, hello there, Mr. Zemrak. How are you, lad? Doing good, doing good. Beautiful. I'm, I'm honored to be here, and thank you so much for uh, allowing me into your, your home and, and those listening. Thank you for allowing me into your home. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you doing it, and... Uh, I- where should we start, Scott? Do you want to start with the on-screen, or do you want to start with the beyond? Uh, I, you know, Bri, wherever. We could go way back to Family Ties or even before that, or we could talk about the, the present is the launch of our streaming service, Red Coral. Um, life is good. Life has been wonderful for me for a long time. So wherever, wherever would be most fortuitous for you, lad. All right. Well, let's start off with uh, what you're doing now. We'll start with the Red Coral and uh, give us okay. an idea of what Red Coral Universe is. Uh, Red Coral Universe is a new AVOD streaming service. And AVOD means Advertising Video on Demand. And uh, our reason for going with a, an advertising OTT, as they're called OTTs, which stands for, is an acronym for over the top. Uh, and that means delivering content pretty much in any modality except for broadcast. So um, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Tubi, Pluto, they're all AVODs. And folks uh, mostly access them through their streaming service via uh, their smart TV, Roku, uh, Fire Stick, or online. Uh, most AVODs typically have a URL that you could tap into, or on your phone, whether it's a, an iOS or an Android. And with Red Coral, we are advertising video on demand, uh, meaning that we, we, we generate revenue through ads, not through subscription service. Ah, okay. And our reason for that is we have, I don't know if you've watched in the, the business journals, Every streaming service out there that is a subscription service is losing money right mm. now. Everyone. Um, and that's why we see a lot of these mergers that are happening. Um, the only streaming service that is making money, and, and that comes with a big asterisk at the end of it, is Netflix. And the reason Netflix is making money is they clamp down on you know, sharing passwords, and they have these supposed 22 million new viewers, which, which really... They're not new. There were folks that were there. They were just piggybacking on somebody else's right. somebody else's uh, you know password. But that number that you'll see in attrition, and the reason that that subscription services are having this financial challenge right now are there are folks that are saying, "Hey, wait a second, I cut cable to go to streaming because I was told that streaming would be cheaper, better." And they're finding out that streaming is now, with subscription services, is more expensive than cable. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are saying, the hell with that. I, you know, I want my content for free. So unlike uh, old guys like me and, and, and you, I, you couldn't compare. I'm looking at your picture, and you're about, what, 29, 28 years old? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> God love you, laddie. <laughs> Um, but, but people like my sons who are in their twenties and thirties and even people younger, they're not opposed to watching a commercial or two to be able to get their content because to them, then the delivery of the content is still free. 
to folks of my generation, and, and maybe yours. I'm not mm-hmm. going to guess your age. I'm yep. going to be a gentleman. We worked our butts off to go, no, I want, I want cable, and I want to pay for premium because I don't want to see any commercials. And that we believe, we know, uh, you know, the numbers don't lie. That has run its course. And advertising video on demand, OTTs that are AVODs, are um, growing and subscription services are having a, a, a big attrition. So we did Red Coral with the intention of, of being an advertising uh, video on demand. We are available on your uh, smart TV. We're available on uh, Roku, Fire Stick. Uh, you can find us at www.redcoraluniverse.com, uh, you know, uh, on your computer. And we are in all Android and uh, Apple phones as well. Now, the other different thing is, when I say we, primarily it was initially me and my partner, Larry Meistrich. Larry's a hell of a guy. Uh, Larry produced, remember the movie Sling Blade? Oh, sure. Yeah, he produced Sling Blade. Do you remember uh, You Can Count on Me? Yes, yes, I remember that one. uh, Back in the 90s. And when I segued from acting to producing... Larry had the preeminent independent production company in the business called Shooting Gallery. Uh, and Larry has produced over 140 films. And he's wow. got a formula. It works. Very, Larry's very honorable, very equitable, a great guy, guy to work with. Um, and the problem that, that we encountered with having our movies on other services like uh, Netflix, like uh, Amazon, like Tubi, uh, like YouTube, is when we got our check at the end of the quarter, the end of the month, the end of the year, whatever, we'd look at the check and go, wait a second. It's <laughs> 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 a joke, right? It's a joke. This is only like, this is a check for the first month. You said you were sending it for the year and you're going you're gonna to catch up for the other 11 months. And they'd be, no, that's it. That's it. And we got a hold of the numbers. We got a hold of the financials for a couple of the larger premium streaming services and we saw what the company was making we saw what the c-suite level executives are making and then we saw what the content makers were making mm-hmm. and the content makers not only us but everybody we're getting bamboozled we're getting schnookered yep i know how that is <laughs> yeah you know you know and I, I mean look the rules for i i don't know where where your show streams um, but I'm sure it's some of the similar platforms that we are on, and I'm sure on screen and beyond, um, you look at it and you go, wait a second, I had, I had more listeners than they're saying. I think my check should be a little bit meatier. Uh, maybe, maybe you made a mistake with that decimal point. Maybe it needs to be one to the, right. <laughs> one to the right, right? Not one to the left. <laughs> um, and you look at it and you go, wait a second, and then you look at the financials, you know, some of these companies are public companies, and it's easy to find the, what their numbers are, what their gross revenue is, what their, their net revenue, their EBITDA. Um, and others, it's, it's private. But there, there are ways. There are folks that work for these companies that, you know, they get they get pissed off, too. They, they you know, they see the boss driving in in the fancy schmancy uh, whatever, the, the Tesla, the Avanti, the, mm-hmm. the Bentley, the, you know, and then you go up to their office and it's all cushy-cushy. Um, and you think, wait a second, I'm, I'm a plebe down here and you're working my, my butt off, um, cracking the whip and I'm the one crunching the numbers. So we were able to get a hold of the numbers of a couple of 
pay subscription streaming services. I don't want to say which ones because I don't want folks fired. And goes, wait a second, the guys and gals up there, you know, in the glass offices, way at the top, are, are making a boatload of money. And the corporations that own them are making a boatload of money, but the worker bees and the people who actually make the content are not making that much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you look at, and once again, I don't want to name names because we're, we're the new little kid showing up on the scene. Right. But you look at some of these more established streaming services. Now, mind you, the top three streaming services were not founded by people that make content. All right, you've got Amazon, which, for all intent and purposes, is, is a is a really super successful delivery service company, an aggregator in that regard. You've got uh, do I say Amazon or Apple? A- Apple technology company, right? Mm-hmm. Amazon, super big aggregator and and delivery service, and then Netflix. It started off and very successfully in delivering DVDs to everybody. And really, really uh, did an excellent job at doing that. And then they were out in front of it and said, you know what, content's going to be delivered by um, this this uh, Internet service. Uh, these DVDs are going to go away, and we need to get out in front of that. And these companies were all so flush with cash that they could pay stupid amounts of money to A-name talent. And, they're, you know, they're paying whatever, Bobby Bubox. Fifty million to star in the movie, mm-hmm. but they didn't support Bobby with the creative team to make sure that he had a, a kick-ass script and a kick-ass director and a kick-ass editor and a kick-ass set designer. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there was a lot of the Bing Bang Boom Zip Zow Wow, but in watching the movie or the series, you're like, I, I don't really, I don't feel for these people. I don't identify with these people. I'm not pulled in to their plight or to their, you know, their, their malady story. It all comes down to story. It comes down to story. Whereas if, if you go back to, and I'm guessing you were old enough to participate in in this watching venture back in the Mm nineties, the preeminent cable company that we all paid for was HBO. Sunday night became HBO night. What's on HBO. And remember, from the Gary Shandling to uh, to David uh, Larry David to The Sopranos to uh, those various shows, they all started with the guy who was sitting at the top of the heap over at, at, at HBO was Chris Albrecht. And Chris Albrecht, as is, is idiosyncratic as he was, he was excellent as finding great writers, great story, and stories that would touch people in a way that they had to see it they wanted to see it and they left you wanting to go what's on next week let's see i god i can't wait to see the next episode unfortunately a lot of these streaming services are founded by they are either technology companies or you know delivery companies Mm -hmm. and 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 it's really hard i'm not going to sit here and say oh it's easy why don't they have a better story but you've seen it i've seen it your listeners have seen it where where you you say oh this is the next show on this streaming service, you know, on, on Amazon or Apple or Netflix. And you're like, wow, they got a great actor and, and, and there's great sets and there's great cinematography, but I really don't give a rat's ass about anybody that's involved in the story. Mm. And I really don't care about the story. Now, every once in a while they have, they do have a great show, a great show. Right. But for the, the hundred shows they make, maybe what two three maybe five are, are really like that's compelling I exactly want to see that again yeah. and you know what 
they don't have to serve their audience. This has all changed dramatically, Brian. Back when I was an actor starting out, and I'm sounding really old, back when I was a young man, <laughs> but, but when I was young, the networks or the studios had to make sure that they catered to the customer. They had to listen to the customer and listen to the viewer and what does the viewer want. And whether it was a, a tentpole movie and making the latest um, Superman movie or the late, you know, uh, Jaws or something like that, or it was a network, the only way their shows were successful is that they were able to get asses in the seats. And whether that seat was the sofa in your living room or the, the, the seat down at the local cinema. And as we move further and further away from that, you know, and it started with VHS, and VHS became DVD, and DVD delivery then became um, streaming mm-hmm. via the Internet. If you're a subscriber, the people that run subscription services, they've got your money already. Yeah, They don't need to get your ass in the seat. You're already there, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're going to make what they're going to make, and it's going to be, this is what you get. And you like it. You don't get <laughs> you like it or you know, you you just walk away, go to somebody else. Right. And and what is happening and it's kinda nice, that's the thing that's always been very wonderful about Hollywood, about the entertainment industry, as as vicious as it is and as cruel as it is, it's very good at baking humble pie humble pie and, and serving up humble pie to people. Mm-hmm. And and what's happening and that's why we're seeing so many streaming services now <laughs> that are having to merge to be able to maintain a financial model. The other mistake is they're trying to make shows, whether it's a movie or whether it's a series, with the same financial metrics as existed in the 80s and 90s and the, a little bit in the aughts for studios, for network TV, and for back when there was only seven studios and it was a, a theatrical system uh, loosely supported by DVD. Now, Hollywood, which when I went from the, the acting side to the business side, you saw how quickly new money came to town and they glommed on that like a, like a parasite glomming onto its food source. You know, yeah. they, they just very, very quickly, they'd get their lips on the back of that, that being and sink their, their fangs in to start sucking all the good out of it. It happened with the Japanese. It happened with the Chinese. It happened with the Germans. It happened, there was a fellow, and I can't remember his name right now, that was a big real estate developer that went from uh, Chicago to L.A., and he had his his company where, he, you know, it was like you go to Hollywood and you got money, and all the agents and all the, the other filmmakers go, ooh, well, let's, there's Brian. He's got a really fat pocketbook. Hey, Brian, how are you? <laughs> You're a pal. You're now part of the family. Hey, do you want to put some money in my movie? Why don't you go see my latest movie? Come to the set. You'll get it. We'll get you a scene on the set. And you can see Mickey and Minnie and, and, and Goofy and, you know, Bobby Boobox, all of them. Yeah, yeah, let's go to dinner with Bobby and Mickey later, okay? And then they do that whole wooing thing. And that money is gets drunk from it. They're high on it, going, oh, my God, did you hear that? He said, I'm part of the family. I'm part of the group now. And I'm going to the party with Bobby Boopox and Mickey Mouse and, you know, and whoever the latest star is. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. And they, and, they, and they use the money in a very capricious, a very irresponsible way. Um, and then eventually when that money's gone, they'll go to the next source. And, and, and it's very much, you know, like any parasitic being looking for its new host to suck its 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 uh its food from 
Or as if you got, again, my partner, and he is my partner, and I'm going to sing his praises loud and long. Larry, Larry Meistrich, Larry's produced 140 films, and he's only lost money on two wow. because he followed a formula. Mm-hmm. But not only following a formula, it's like, what does the audience want? What do they want? And then you have to, you've got to have the precept of get rich off of revenues. Any business should get rich off of revenues. Since I, I had a period from 04 to 2015 where I said, screw Hollywood, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. You guys, you know, when I went from acting to producing, I thought, well, I could control my fate there a little bit. Uh, and the reason I went from acting to producing is because I had a business manager that sold close to a million bucks for me, and I, I was completely screwed wow. with four kids. And how am I going to how am I going to buy groceries and you know pay for milk, buy bread, that silly shit like that? Um, but I thought, well, I'll go to real business where people don't lie and cheat. <laughs> what a fool! Right, all the for you. People lie and cheat and misrepresent. <laughs> Everywhere, right. you know, <laughs> everywhere. And um, and I wanted nothing more to do with Hollywood because I was like, I'm just sick of being lied to and cheated to. Now, mind you, when I got into regular business and that's the, the financing of some renewable energy product uh, projects, um, things of that ilk, biodiesel, ethanol, uh, anaerobic digestion, and looking at the financial metrics, which was similar to producing independent films, <clears throat> I'm like, okay, I can make enough money this way. I can feed my family. I can put my boys through college. Um, And I didn't want anything, as I said, to do with Hollywood until I met Larry. Now, Larry and I met in 2015, and we sniffed each other like a couple of dogs in the yard going, you know, me looking at him going, I don't know, can I trust this guy? And him looking at me going, I don't know, can I trust that guy? Mm -hmm. And after two years, we did a deal together. And we had what I call business sex, and that's where you do a deal, and, and money is, you know, is reaped from the endeavor. And do you, do you get the piece that you were promised? Do you get the, you know, forget a contract. Contracts are wonderful. They're, you make attorneys really rich drafting up these, you know, these these pieces of paper with all these words that you can't really understand. And I'm not an idiot. I'm a college, you know, educated mm-hmm. guy. I've I've had some pretty diverse jobs, which have, have taught me. Uh, how to read the English language, shall I say? Yep. And then reading contracts and going to the attorney, what does this mean? Well, blah, 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 blah. why don't you just put it in plain vernacular? Right. Well, I think it'll protect you. No, 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 you're not protecting me. I'm, I'm paying you 700 bucks an hour, you know, 500 bucks an hour. What I want you to put in to say, if this happens, Brian gets three shekels and I get three shekels. Mm-hmm. And if the shit hits the fan and then a tidal wave comes that nobody gets any shekels and we need to respect each other on that. Make it that simple, please. Stop with all this gobbledygook. That's sort of, you know, kind of what's happening in America, but I won't go down that road. Okay, we're caught in gobbledygook land. People aren't just using common sense. And Larry used common sense. So we looking at our, our, our business structure and going, the future is going to be streaming. Which the funny thing is, I remember my office I had in Marina Del Rey, the old uh, Lionsgate offices back in '03, and, and all these older guys coming back from the um, uh, what is it? You know, the technology conference in, in Las Vegas. The oh, uh, electronic CES or what is it? Is it CES? Yeah, Consumer Electronics. Yes, 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 yep, yep, yep. And they came back and they're holding their flip phones. Remember the little flip phones, oh, yes. right? <laughs> 
turn the and everybody the smaller it was the better. Look at this! It's the size of my thumbnail, and I can make phone calls on it. <laughs> um, and I remember this guy in the office next to me coming back. I didn't go to the conference, and he came back. I'm like, oh, you know, good time, blah blah. Can you believe it? They're saying we're going to get content on our phone. I can't even make a phone call on them. They're saying we're going to get content. Uh, I'm like, dude, don't laugh, you know, and, and look at today, mm-hmm. right? Look oh, at yeah. where we all, we all get content. And my kids back again, who, again, they're in their 20s and 30s. I remember when they were living with me and in their bedroom, they'd, they'd have a flat screen, they had a computer, they had a little phone. What were they watching content on? On their phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. With commercials. With commercials. Yep. They're like, why are you watching? Why do you turn the flat screen? No, I'm good. No, turn on that. that, that they're big, you know, 100-inch, 2,000-inch television I bought you. Turn the, no, I'm good here. <laughs> Hi, this is Demond Wilson. And you remember me as Lamont from Sanford and Son. And I want you to listen to a very, very important broadcast, On Screen and Beyond, with Brian. He is the man. And now, again, there's that good serving of a humble humble pie society. Our audience is kind of going, screw you. I don't want to keep paying these high subscription rates. I'll sit through a commercial or two. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing on Red Coral, and the other thing we're doing for for content owners, is we're splitting revenue at at least 50-50. Wow, and at times we'll go up to eighty twenty eighty in the favor of the of the content maker. And the other thing is the program can never be at a negative. I can't tell you how many times I've had movies, Larry have had movies, and we've had it distributed, distributed, and then it's in theaters or it's you know been run through the DVD mill or the you know the the streaming mill. And you're like, wow, this had whatever a million streams, or wow, this sold you know two hundred fifty thousand units. We're going to be making money, and then you get the the paperwork from the distributor. It's like, wait a second, what? Hmm. I, I I owe you fifty seven thousand dollars. How? How? What? Half a million people bought copies of this. How can I owe you money? Well, we had to print the DVD, and then there was the shipping, and then there was the handling, and then there was mm-hmm. the ingestion, and then there was the burping fee, and then there was the documentation fee. And, the media fee and the press fee. What are you talking about? Where are all these? Well, look at your contract. Look at that 132-page document we gave you, Brian. It's in there. Look at it on page 78, paragraph C, some paragraph 2, some some <laughs> paragraph, that we get to bend you over and screw you right there. See it? Right there. <laughs> but you didn't know that because you're a silly content maker. We need your content to live, but we're going to screw you. Yeah. Which is really, even even the best drug dealers know that you can't kill your customer. You know? Mm-hmm. You got to keep your customer alive. Yeah. So Jeez. streamers, studios, distributors, it's kind of stupid. that You can't overcharge your customer because you need to keep your customer alive. One of the first films I ever produced, I got a deal with MGM, me and my partners. And I didn't read till later the contract. Our distribution fee was for, I think, domestic was 37.5% and foreign was 42.5%. Now, mind you, that's of dollar one gross that comes out. For every dollar the film makes, they automatically take 37 or 42 cents. Yeah. That's completely absurd. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's that's worse than Guido the bookie. (laughs) So what we do with content owners is we say, for Every advertising dollar that comes in, you get at least 50 cents. We get 50 cents. 
There's no ingestion fee. There's no onboarding fee. There's no media fee. There's no setup fee. There's no handling fee. There's no bullshit. We're slipping our arm around you and telling you you're a part of the family now there, Bri. Fee. Mm -hmm. Buck comes in. You get 50 cents. We get 50 cents. Wow. Everything that it, it, that cost that we incur to run our business comes out of our side, out of our vig. You know, yep. there's a reason why Pluto, you know, Pluto, right? Pluto was started, I think, 2014, 2013, with, I think it was an investment of $4 million. Yeah. Wow. And about five, six years later, it sold the Viacom for, would they buy it for 410, 420 million? Wow. Around 2018. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and all they're doing is retraining old program and, and running ads on it. You know who used that model to buy old programs and hang ads on it? Ted Turner. That's right. how he started TNT and TBS. When he started licensing old films, people in Hollywood are going, oh, what an idiot. This, this, this cowboy from, from Georgia wants to buy, you know, whatever movies from the 50s. Who's going to watch that? Sure, we'll license it to him. Right. And little did they know, Ted realized that the movie, the TV show was nothing more than a tree to hang ornaments. Those ornaments are being advertising on, Right. So you sit there and you watch the movie and there's a commercial break. It's like, my God, one commercial, two commercials, 10 commercials, 12 commercials. I'm going to go make a sandwich and milkshake and come back and maybe the program's back on. Mm-hmm. So you look at other, other streamers, other AVODs, where if you're watching on, yes, there are competition, but you, you look, you look at Pluto, you look at uh, Tubi, you look at uh, some of these other quote-unquote free streaming services, uh, don't do a commercial break in the middle of wherever because the computer picks where the commercial break's coming. You know, somebody programs and goes, we want a commercial every six minutes. And then you sit, a movie that was 90 minutes takes three hours to right. watch. Yes. <laughs> because they've got all these commercials jammed in there. So that's another thing that, that Red Coral's committed to beyond the split. When you're watching, there will be a commercial every approximately six to 10 minutes. But at the most, there's going to be one minute of commercials. That's it. Oh, okay. Not not three, four, five minutes of, of commercials. Mm. Okay? Yeah. And that's the commitment we've made to the content makers, other content makers that are on our streaming service. And, and did I mention it's www.redcoraluniverse.com? Mm-hmm. Okay, for folks that don't have a Roku or Fire Stick or a smart TV or an Apple phone or an iPhone or an Android phone, you can get us on the internet at www.redcoraluniverse.com. Yeah, and I was I checked some of it out. Do you get some good stuff up there? There's look, and everything we've got has been on a barter basis. Mm-hmm. We're just now starting to generate our own our own made for Red Coral streaming service content. But again, we've got to be smart and make it for a price. We can't make, you know, we can't go, we could. We have the ability to go borrow money or have investors and say, we're going to borrow $100 million. We're going to get Bobby Boo Box in that big action film and we're going to make it for $100 million, baby. Boom. <laughs> and then you're bent over a barrel because it's like you went to Guido the Bookie to borrow money to drive a Bentley or a Rolls Royce. Right, yeah. Jeez. And at the end of the month, when the bill comes in the mail, and you're looking like, shit, I can't pay this. Hmm. I'm going to have to run shitloads of ads in order to pay that debt off. 
Yeah, I can imagine. But I mind you too. I got my house in Hollywood Hills, and I got to keep that house. You know, I, I've got that that pool that overhangs the cliff and glass <laughs> bottom, and I, I need that. I need that to maintain my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, so there's all these things that you know that that throw loads of cost, and who bears the brunt of it? The content maker, because the poor content maker. Just like guys and gals like you that have a podcast, you need that machine to be able to get your your product out to market, mm-hmm. right? I, and I don't know, I, I, I'm guessing maybe you're on YouTube as well. And the financial metrics for YouTube for podcasters is just is so abusive and onerous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're all, everybody in our company, it's a little bit of a challenge, gotta say, because... Um, but everybody in our company comes from the making content side. We're either writers or directors or producers or, or actors or set designers or, or directors of photography, folks like that. Yeah. Yeah. We are not. We're not coders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we, we had, we had, we've had about three and a half years of working with not one, not two, not three, but four different coding companies. And them saying, sure, we're going to bring in this, and you're going to see sun, and you're going to have beautiful baskets of fruit. And <laughs> Wait a second. I've got a dried-up old bagel on the table. Where's the sun and the fruit and all that? <laughs> and paying these guys hundreds of thousands of dollars and not getting diddly squat. Hmm. Um, so we finally settled with this last company, and then working through with them, which, once again, God love Larry. Larry going, we are going to make this work. We're going to make it work. We're going to push through, and we're going to we're going to bear down and get it right and get it fixed. So with this last company, it took us almost fourteen months for them to get the the ad, the programmatic ad functionality operating in a manner that it's supposed to. You know, very frustrating at times. I'm sure. Sometimes I wanted to, you know, tell them, look, guys, just. Let's go to the other guys over here. Let's try yet again, you know, and start anew again. But they finally got it fixed, and it's finally it's it's. I don't I, I don't want to waste time explaining. We can do this in, in interview two and in part B <laughs> with Valentine. Yeah. Because um, I realize you haven't gotten one word in here, and I've done nothing but talk for uh, thirty eight minutes and thirty seven seconds. Right. Um, uh, we of, of getting the programmatic ads to fire in a proper manner. Uh, so yet again, you know, we've we got to make money. That's part of the whole deal here is to make money. Of course, yeah, money for us, money for the content maker. So um, it, it's very exciting. We've we've got that worked out. The titles that we have, you know, there's some stinkers in there. I got to say, I'm, I'm watching all, and, and there's some films that I'm just blown away that we have. I'm like, my God, we've got some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing again that's different with us with other streaming services, <clears throat> somebody, whether it's me, Larry, Steve Young, another one of the team members, somebody has had direct, you know, whether it's Fizz, Fiznik Bazzotti, uh Quinn or Trevin, somebody has interfaced and directly worked with each content maker one on one. And a thing that we hear from the content makers that are on our service that say again and again and again, I'm just amazed that I can get somebody on the phone and that you guys talk with us hmm. and that, yeah. you know, and that we work through things. They, 
I had my my content on Tubi, or I had it on Pluto, or I had it on YouTube, and I could. There's no place for me to talk to anybody. There's no, it, like I'll get emails back and forth, and that's about it. And another thing that we do that other streaming services don't do that when we give you your quarterly report, not only do you get a check, but you actually get a report. You get who watched your show, how long they watched it, where they watched it from, you know, did they watch the entire show? And you get real data. And that way you can see, you know, am I playing stronger in Seattle or stronger in Chicago or stronger in Atlanta? Am I doing well in, in Dallas? And, and where your points of strength are? Nice. How long did people watch for? When were they tuning out? When did they stay tuned in? So... All right, that's it. What's the next question? Second question, please. <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, uh, people definitely should check out. Well, Red Scott, thanks for coming. <laughs> they should. Def- next week we're going to have Bobby Boobox. <laughs> uh, people should definitely check out Red Coral Universe or Red Coral and uh, check that out. But. Uh, Looking back uh, at what you've done as far as on screen, uh-huh. 42 years ago, Family Ties started. Now, you started a little after that, correct? You weren't the the first year. Fourth, fourth year. I was in the fourth year, uh, came on. Yeah. Yep. It was supposed to be a one shot, you know, <clears throat> uh, a, a one episode ride. Um, I, it was the first job that I had gotten when I moved from New York to L.A. And was completely blown away by the whole process, blown away by um, the power of television, and, and blown away by the kindness and the intelligence and the, the camaraderie that existed on uh, the set at Family Ties. And not just the set, sort of like, you know, off the set. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't even realize the magnitude of that until it ended and I went on to other shows. You know, yeah. um, the gentleman who created the show, Gary Goldberg, who was just a sweetheart, just a, a true mensch. And his wife, Diana Meehan, was just, she was a, although she wasn't Jewish, she was a mensch too. Uh, just a, a great person. Mm-hmm. And then somebody like Michael Fox, who's just a, a comedic stalwart, um, just a, a gift with timing and the relationship that he had with Gary and, and their their yin and yang, their symbiotic thing uh, is just so rarely found in any industry, mm-hmm. you know, and not just family ties when they went on to, uh, what was it? Spin city to do that. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Gary tried other things that were mildly successful. Michael did other things that were with the exception of, of, um, back to the future he, you know, and then there were a few other movies that were very successful, but some that were not so successful because it really takes you, you there's a connection between uh, the actor and the writer and the director. And when you get, when you get all those folks together and they're all dancing to the same music, it, magic happens. Yeah. Just magic. So I was very lucky to, to as my first job in Hollywood, to be part of that magic. Yeah. And it's funny how, uh, you know, like you say, that this was going to be a one-time thing, but the character just clicks, and you know you've you made it into something that people want to see more of. So it's it's interesting how that happens, and sometimes it doesn't happen. Well, and Brian, I don't want I hate I really don't ever want to come across as me 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 or hey, look at me what a great guy I am you know. Um, but again, the, the power of television. 
the power of having an, an existing show that was really hitting its its groove by the fourth year, um, and it left such an indelible impression upon our society, on the world. There are very few, you know, the, the, again, Larry, who's my partner, he's like, dude, you don't realize that how many how many actors were ever on the number one television show mm-hmm. in America. And, and back when we were doing that show, remember there was only three or four networks. Right. And, and when the show happened, um, it was... Uh, it was perhaps 35 to 42 million people in one night sitting and watching that on Moss. Yeah. So it was just such, such an exceptional experience yeah. and such a, yeah, very, very lucky, very lucky. And now to this day, to as recent as, you know, yesterday out at, out at lunch with some other folks or a business thing and people coming up and going, God, I loved that show. I loved the character you played. It was such mm-hmm. a great show. Yeah. So, um, very lucky to to be a part of something like that that left such an indelible impression, a positive impression on so many people. Yeah, well, you know, and there was a thing. Very quickly, I'm sorry, um, but when Gary Goldberg was selling, he initially wrote the script for CBS, and CBS passed on it. The executive from CBS, and I can't remember the person's name because I'd love to 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 <laughs> to say, what a schmuck! You really missed the you missed the ball by a mile on that one. They passed on it, saying, you know, family family sitcoms are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brandon Tartikoff picked up the script and liked it, and, and they shot the pilot. And one of the first notes coming back was, you know. The kid, Michael Fox, more Michael Fox, less parents, more Michael Fox. And mind you, Meredith Baxter Burney and, and Michael Gross are phenomenal actors, extremely, very, very talented mm-hmm. people, yeah. and very warm, kind, generous, gracious people. Um, but when, when Brandon was talking to Gary about it and said, you know, more Fox, he said, the other thing you've got to realize that in television, there's sort of a three-step process here. And, and initially, the audience watches because they're, they're, they're really fascinated and they, they, they think it's great and they just love watching that family. When you get to the next level of watching and they can actually see themselves as one of the members of that family, they're watching on TV. But the third level, and he said, this is when you really know you've got somebody hooked, is when by watching you sh- your show, they feel they're going to become a better person, that they're going to learn something from watching it. And that exists with all content. Look at, look at your show. And there's a thing where you open the, uh, you pull the, the curtain back and, and you get your listeners to be able to see a little bit more of what, you know, what the person they like watching or listening to or whatever and they feel. But, but then when you invite them in, they actually can sit in the room. Super cool. Mm-hmm. But then when they feel that they're going to become a better person, more educated, more knowledgeable, or, or maybe a more humane by listening to on screen and beyond, it's, it's, you know, you have clicked, you've got that magic. That's why your show Brother, come on! You, you've been on since what? Uh, what year did you start? Two thousand seven, I think it was. <laughs> seven, two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. And you, you've been doing this now for sixteen, seventeen years. Yeah. So you're bringing something more to listeners that uh, that the usual podcast doesn't. Hmm. Hope so, you so. Know, you have well, you are whether you realize it or not, you are. So yeah. 
congratulations. Hats off to you, brother. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, now, do you have a fond memory or a funniest thing that happened to you on the show while you're taping or after, or, or behind the scenes? Um, you know, there wasn't just one, um, and, and, and people are like, Oh, come on. I want to hear something, you know, something loud, funny, uh, gregarious, uh, it was just, it was a safe place to work. Mm. And there was, as much as the name of the show is Family Ties, there was a sense of family that existed, not just with the on-screen folks and not just with the writers and the directors and the producers, but also with the crew, mm. with everybody. And, 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 and again, that was a function of Gary Goldberg. Yeah, You know, I always use the expression that the fish stinks from the head. So it either it stinks from the head or it smells really good from the head. And the fact that Gary, the head guy, was such a, a family, a beneficent, a, a generous person, it was a very wonderful, wonderful place to work. Yeah, And it, and it was really, I got to tell you, pretty goddamn sad leaving the show and, and going on to to other shows because you're like, wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> now I'm seeing how small people are and petty and, 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 you know, and competitive. And, you know, for a guy that had come from New York doing theater, where yes, there are a lot of healthy egos in theater, but for the most part in theater, it was like, you know, all for one and one for all the, the, the good of the show that we all, we all grab a bucket and, and chip in and bailing water. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Holly was like, oh, I'll be in my dressing room over here when you guys are done putting that fire out. Let me know. Okay. <laughs> Do you ever keep in touch with any of the cast members? Not a, a regular, you know, not a lot of the one, two people most would be Michael Gross and uh, Mark Price. Oh, yeah. You know, um, two very wonderful guys. And, and we're trying, you know, we were trying to put together a family ties reunion. Our company was going to produce it, and we were going to have it on NBC, and everything was going great. The, the head guy over at NBC was like, "Great, I love this. I want to do it." And then the fellow who was in charge of, you know, whatever the, whatever the title is, they've, they've got so many chairpersons over there oh, yeah. in the network. <laughs> uh, that guy retired, and so then it got passed over to this other woman, and I don't want to say her name, but. She's like, no, nah, we don't want to do this. Family sitcoms are dead. Nobody wants to see them. I'm like, do you realize this show? Number one, we're talking a reunion. We're not talking a sitcom. Right, yeah. And, and number two, um, this is, and I don't know if you know this or not, and your, your, your listeners, I don't have the exact numbers, but it's pretty gosh darn close that Family Ties is the most watched family sitcom um in america right now it's it, it's streamed on i think it's seven different streaming services hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. the, and the numbers are rather robust so uh, that says something to the desire of, of of the public wanting to see it yeah um so i do think i do think I won't say the woman's name, but I do think she was off the mark and we're trying um you know i've, I've had some uh uh, some interaction back and forth with a couple of the cast members saying, yeah, I'd like to do a reunion. Let's do a reunion. So mm -hmm. hopefully we can do a reunion and take a trip down memory lane and, and 
bring some laughs and some uh, tears of joy to folks. Yeah, people love nostalgia. I mean, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, anything like that, people are, are just, you know, if you look on any of the social medias and you type in 60s TV, it, it's going to show you, you know, millions of, of people are tagging that, you know, it's, it's just yeah. incredible. Well, it's it just, yeah, it just... Look, the lunch, as I said, that I was at yesterday, meeting somebody for a business lunch, and the amount of people that came up, I'm I'm shocked, hmm. Brian, at 65. I started that show when I was uh, 25, 26, around there. Wow. So 40 years later, 40 years later, I'm shocked that people still recognize me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you still have the long hair and the the uh, earring in the ear and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 lad. The, the hair is the hair is there. I'm very fortunate, and that's something I did. Thank you for the the uh, the, the genes that my you know I derive from uh, my DNA. I've got I've got a nice full head of hair, but it's it's rather white, so I look like a, a, a walking Q-tip. And you know, as hair loses its pigmentation, that color. Um, it gets a little wiry and, and crazy. So I kind of look like the guy that was in back to the future with Michael. Um, <laughs> is his name? Christopher, uh, Christopher uh, Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. 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 Another, another wonderful human being. Oh yeah. Very gracious individual. Yeah. <laughs> but he played the character doc, you know, and, yes. and, and, yeah. Well, you look like an Einstein. It just goes, and I don't want to look like that, that old dude that's trying to be cool with long hair, you know? I'm going to finish up with one final quick question for you. Sure. Uh, when you sit back and relax, what's your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of, of the past? What are you enjoying? What do you watch? <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. TV shows, and this is my wife loves these shows. And happy wife, happy life. Exactly. And, so I sit and, <laughs> and I and I watch with her. <laughs> so there's there's um, what is that we call the Shep Show, the uh, the show that they shoot in Charleston, South Carolina. What is that reality show with Shep and um, I can't think of the names of the other people, but it's on Bravo, and it's uh, the, the same vein of the. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and, and Vanderpump Rules, and I never thought I would say that, but they're almost like mo- they are modern day soap operas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're unscripted, so they're they're fun to see how how dysfunctional people are. I call them the crabby lady shows. That my yeah. wife watches them. I go downstairs. <laughs> no, my wife. And I want to be with my wife. I'm at work all day. She's at work all day. I, I want. To, I want to be in the same room with her, so I, I, I happily and gladly watch those shows. Um, as far as movies, you know, I love, um, like this movie Argyle that's coming out. Yes. I, I want to see that. Um, films films of that ilk. The the other films, which God love them, there is a place for those films, but they're not my cup of tea. Um, films, you know, the Marvel Marvel verse and the, the other... Anybody where the folks are wearing spandex and they're jettisoning across the <laughs> the galaxy to save humanity is just not my cup of tea, and it's never been my cup of tea. Yeah, you know, I've, I've never seen uh, other than the first. I've never seen a Star Wars film. Um, they just weren't my cup of tea. Growing up, um, I I loved things like Serpico and, and a man called Horus. Oh yes, and, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. those kind of films are my cup of tea. Modern day version may be the original Born Identities. You know, those I loved political thrillers. I love those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, hmm. But when there's when there's when you don't not even identify, but you don't feel for anybody that is in you know in the show. Yeah. And, and, and you and you can't wish for them to to live or die you know it's it's why am i here why am i sitting i don't want to sit and stunt people are very talented and, and graphics artists are very talented but I, i'd like a story with it please yeah yeah well scott you know and my wife is watching perpetually i'll walk in and she's got goodfellas on again or she's got godfather on again classics yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, well, Scott, right, sorry, I, I cut you off. No, no problem. I just, uh, you know, I know I, I want to hold you to your time limit, and I just don't want to, you know, <laughs> go over. Uh, but, Scott, I, I thank you so much for sharing with us and taking the time to let us in on uh, Red Coral, where everybody should be heading out to uh, get some great TV and the movies and things like that. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, Scott. Brian, thank you kindly. I'm very appreciative. You have a beautiful weekend. And a big thank you going out to Scott Valentine for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Hopefully we can get Scott back on here again uh, to talk about Black Scorpion and uh, all the other things. Anyways, thank you, Scott, for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, hope you'll tell a friend about that episode and all the other episodes of On Screen and Beyond. Go back in time and uh, listen to them. For the past 17 years, we've had amazing guests. So be sure to check that out at onscreenandbeyond.com or at your favorite podcast provider, whether it be Spotify or uh, Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. They're all there. So be sure to check them out. Well, uh, we have more and more people coming your way. We've got uh, some more rock and roll people coming, and we also have uh, just, you know, our, our just so many other people. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of stuff coming your way, so I hope you keep listening to On Screen and Beyond. If you're here for the first time, thank you for joining us, and I hope that you will continue to listen to On Screen and Beyond. Go back in, you know, our archives, our, our reruns, as we call them, and uh, turn around and uh, listen to those. So many different people we've had on, amazing people, and, uh, you know, be sure to check that out. Tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond. Download all the episodes of On Screen and Beyond. Join in on the fun of the On Screen and Beyond crossword puzzle contest. And uh, we'll see about giving away an On Screen and Beyond embroidered hat, baseball cap. And uh, you can also have a choice of having a coffee mug. So uh, whatever you like, you know, we'll see what we can do about it. And uh, all the information is at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we thank you once again. It's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) 